I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know God, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which God has called you. What a beautiful prayer Paul offers up here in Ephesians to this early church community. If we let ourselves sit with that prayer for a minute, aren't those all things we truly long for? Wisdom, enlightenment, clarity, not to be confused with money, power, and certainty, but wisdom, real enlightenment, true clarity. In some form or another, these are things most of us spend our whole lives searching for and occasionally encountering in bits and pieces. On my best day, I can hope to experience moments of wisdom maybe some enlightenment, possibly clarity. But I can't imagine what it would be like to achieve a sustainable state of enlightenment, like for example, the Buddha, or even to then have the courage to consistently act upon such clarity. Just looking at inspiring religious leaders who did take such actions, like Martin Luther King Jr., you see how much strength and determination it must take to stand in the truth of God's love in a suffering world. Yet these are the people that witness to and sustain that hope and love to which God has called all of us to. Someone else who comes to mind when I think of this prayer is Julian of Norwich. Though we do not know much about Julian, we do know that she was a woman living in England in the Middle Ages, most likely as an anchoress, which is basically a religious hermit. She's now venerated as a saint in many religious spaces, but at some point during her lifetime, she fell gravely ill. After being given her last rites when it looked like she wasn't going to make it, she began to have visions, 16 in total, that would last over the next 24 hours. In those visions, she experienced acute clarity of what God has called us to, and was left with an indelible spirit of wisdom and an enlightened heart. She wrote her account of these visions down, and they now exist as a book entitled Revelations of Divine Love. Here's a brief excerpt from her writings. From the time these things were first revealed, I had often wanted to know what was our Lord's meaning. It was more than 15 years after I was answered in my spirit's understanding. You would know our Lord's meaning in this thing? Know it well. Love was his meaning. Who showed it to you? Love. What did he show you? Love. Why did he show it? For love. Hold on to this, and you will know and understand love more and more, but you will not know or learn anything else. This astounding glimpse of wisdom and clarity is coming from a woman in the 14th century. She was living through plagues and social upheaval. She had no access to education, 
We can't even begin to imagine what her life must have been like. Obviously, there were no phones, definitely no Advil. For goodness sakes, they were still bickering about whether or not the earth was flat or round. Yet here and now, reading her words over 600 years later, in a place where I do have my phone, I have a better understanding of medicine and access to images from space to confirm that indeed the earth is round. I find myself reading and resonating with this divine wisdom discerned in the Middle Ages. This truth has not faded over the years. These are the moments, the people, and the truths that make up this ancient and beautiful faith that we have inherited. Today, on All Saints Sunday, we celebrate and give thanks for people like Julian of Norwich, people who have shared their faith, their visions, their wisdom, and their courage. Through their lives, through their words, and their actions, we find hope, we find truth, we find each other, and above all, we find God. This is why it is important to stop and remember, to stop and celebrate this great cloud of witnesses. It is an act of spiritual discipline in and of itself. But we aren't just shaped by the big names that have come before us. This cloud of witnesses, our inherited faith, it includes everybody, past, present, and future. One of my favorite things about our Christian faith is that we believe in something called the priesthood of all believers. What that means is that God is accessible to any and all humans who wish to seek God. We do not need priestly mediators to gain access to the divine or to the truth it holds. Isn't that beautiful? We all share in that priestly role together, anyone, can be that saintly influence for someone else. We are shaping and influencing one another in our daily lives and interactions, whether we realize it or not. This is one of the realizations I loved most about being a sociology major in college. You cannot find a place in this world that has not been shaped by someone before you. Everywhere we look, our laws, our buildings, our families, our clothes, they were shaped and influenced by decisions made and experiences had before us. This is what it means to be human, to exist in a deeply complex yet connected world. And our faith is no exception. We do not exist in a vacuum. We are the current stewards of a deeply shaped and abiding faith that will outlive us. And the beauty in all this is that we still have a crucial role to play. Just as it was once in the hands of St. Augustine, then the visions of Julian of Norwich, the gatherings of John Wesley, and the words of Martin Luther King Jr., this Christian faith is now in our hands. We are not passive but active recipients of that great cloud of witnesses. In our hands, we continue to discern, to adapt, and to grow in our faith 
so that those who come after us also have a well-tended faith to inherit. We are active participants in this priesthood of all believers. While we may not have the experiences of Julian of Norwich or the Oxford education of John Wesley, we can still be holy influences on one another, guiding, inspiring, and oftentimes just walking with each other towards a deeper understanding and embrace of divine love. Most of the time, that's the holiest work any of us can do, no matter who we are. There was a woman I was lucky enough to know and celebrate today as hugely influential in my faith, and her name was Helen Watterson. She was the wife of our local UMC pastor and one of the first women to become a deacon in the United Methodist Church. She was assigned as my mentor for confirmation, and over the next six months, she simply walked with me on that journey. There were no wild visions, no marches, no loud declarations of faith, just a quiet presence, a willingness to hold my hand, honor my questions, and smile when she saw that I was stumbling onto some truth about God and love that I couldn't quite wrap my head around yet. Love. This is what Helen offered me. It was the same love that Julian of Norwich stumbled upon in her visions and the same witness to love that echoes throughout every saint that has come before us. What did God show me, Julian writes? Love. Why did God show it? For love. This is what the Sadducees are missing in their understanding of God's love and will for us all. Our Luke text shows us a group of people who have come to understand God's kingdom through the idea of ownership. Their sociocultural time and place has laws and rules that must be obeyed to maintain order, to maintain bloodlines, and to maintain ownership. They want to know who this woman belongs to when they get to heaven. Jesus has to remind them that the goal was never ownership especially not in the kingdom of God. And that is the subversive truth about love that all of the saints before us and beside us point to. We can never own it. We can only experience it, be willing to be shaped by it and to share it with those around us. That's what Julian did. It's what John Wesley did. It is what Martin Luther King Jr. did. It's what Helen Watterson did and it is what we can do now. It is one of the ways that we achieve those pieces of wisdom, those moments of enlightenment and clarity prayed for in Ephesians by Paul. It's the most faithful way we can be stewards of this inherited faith. So on this All Saints Sunday, let us be inspired by the big revelations that have shaped many and equally moved by the small moments of grace shared between few. You alone know the people who have been saints to you in your life. Give thanks for their presence and acknowledge that you most likely have also been a moment of enlightenment and clarity for someone else. The beauty is in how it all weaves together. We need it all. We celebrate all of it. And we join with the angels and all the saints of heaven in their unending hymn of love forever. Amen.